Welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. This is episode number 306. Uh, we're going to sit down and talk with Iowa native um, Matt Johnson, ultra runner, sprint car racer, uh, just all around awesome guy with like a really interesting kind of journey, a uh, really recent journey into ultra running that uh as of right now like i never want to say culminating right because culminating means it's like the end of a of a journey or an adventure but right now where he's at is he just went out and attempted his very first 100 miler uh decided to make it the leadville 100 um and i actually got the opportunity to watch matt run into twin lakes i saw him uh kind of recognized him because we have a mutual friend, Ryan Esdor, um, who had texted me and was like, Matt, my friend Matt's going to be out there. So cheer him on. And I was like, okay. Um, so I got to see Matt go out there uh, and he'll tell you the whole story in this episode. So I don't want to like spoiler alert anything or, or what that journey was like for him. Um, but one thing I thought was interesting is I've never had the opportunity to sit down and talk with someone who has been a sprint car racer. Um, and so we talk a little bit in this episode about driving really fast cars. Uh, and he mentions the Knoxville Speedway, which is super cool. Um, but driving really fast cars and how that compares to the experience of ultra running and and doing this because I'm sure there are a lot of similarities. Uh, but I, But, you know, like at least speed wise, you're dealing with a little bit different speeds when you're uh, driving sprint cars versus slogging your way up a giant, giant Hope Pass mountain uh, in Leadville, Colorado. So, um, so yeah, so that's kind of the basics of the conversation. I'm really excited to share this one with you all. Uh, Matt is a very inspiring guy. You can tell he's passionate. I love when I hear stories of people who uh, recently got into ultra running and, uh, and then just became like obsessed or like something spoke to them, right? Like something ignited in their heart around this sport and they just want to do it more and more and push their limits and all of that. And I always am excited to kind of pick someone's brain who is in the midst of that experience with the sport because, uh, yeah, I mean, I think if you're an ultra runner, it's hard not to, right? It's hard not to have that that thing, whatever that thing is, like ignite inside of you. And I've been there. And if you're out there and you've done something like that, you've been there. And if you haven't done something like that, maybe this will intrigue you, right? And maybe you'll you'll decide this is something you want to do. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. This is like a Bigfoot podcast number three oh six with Matt Johnson. We're going to sit and talk with Matt Johnson, and he just mentioned one of my favorite places on earth, so we're going to start there. So you used to live in, you lived in Roanoke for a while? Yeah, so we lived in, in Salem, um, you know, which is, uh, you know, the suburb of Roanoke. Um, we lived out there for, man, it had to be right under a year. Yeah. We spent, we spent out there in the, in the valley, so... <laughs> Yes. Yes. That was a, it was a good time looking back on it. That's sweet, man. So you started trail running there, right? Because I'm a, that's where I learned how to trail run is through the Virginian woods with like spider webs and hopping over snakes and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we moved out there. Um, I, I went on national level recruiting orders and we moved out there in, uh, late April of last year and went to the local running store and um, told the guy there that I wanted to run this local 5k and I had on like the nastiest on running shoes <laughs> and he's like oh you know that's cool what are you gonna run it in and I'm like oh I'm gonna go like you know 17 minutes and fast forward this guy became my coach but later he told me this story he's like he thought I was blowing smoke he's like I don't I don't know who this guy is showing up so sold me my running shoes and, and he introduced me to the trails and we became really good friends. His name's uh, Trey Fisher. He's now a, a coach and an owner with um, the Fisher Endurance Project. So he's now, he's now an endurance coach. But uh, 
yeah, man, he was, he was great. He introduced me to Carvin's Cove, um, got a lot of miles out there and, uh, started. Yeah, man, just, I, I fell in love with the trails. I hated it at first. I just, <laughs> I hated it. I'm, I was running miles on pavement and started on the trails and I'm like, this sucks. Like, this is not fun at all. And now I, I beg to, I beg to make it out to the trails. Yeah. Why did that transition happen? Cause it was the same for me where the first few times running the trails, even going uphill, you know, at a steep incline, but only for a little bit, my heart rate would just jump to like, just overdrive. You're just like, what is happening? Like, is that like, why, how did you transition from that to like loving it? Um, it was because I, I think out there, like when you're out on the trails, the I, I, time doesn't exist. And, you know, when you're just doing the, you know, my call monotony, but when you're doing, you know, your track workouts and your pavement running, it's just different. And, and, you know, getting out on the trails and being in nature and I'm a big headphone runner and I know that a lot of people are not, um, but getting out on the trails, you know, I, I had my headphones out there and I'm listening to some hard, you know, like rap music or something. And I like slowly stop and I take my (laughs) headphones out and I'm like, this is nice, you know? So it was just, you know, and not running with headphones and just being in nature, you know, just getting used to the, the difference in, you know, not just flatly landing on your feet and, you know, being able to go at a a constant pace and, you know, change is different for everyone. And and I think I hated the change. And, you know, now it's just, you know, if I have a 20 mile road run scheduled, I'm like, Oh no. And if I have a 20 mile trail run, I'm like, you know, three hours, (laughs) three and a half hours on the trails. Let's go. That's amazing, man. That's cool. Did you ever go up like a McAfee knob and like dragons? I think it was like dragons tooth or something like had a badass name. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we, we didn't make it to McAfee's knob or dragon tooth, but we hiked back to a waterfall and I can't remember what it was called right now. but it was he's he's phoning a friend (laughs) (laughs) i have my my wife over here (laughs) like trying to get her attention as she's doing her schoolwork um the cascades so it's like a it was like a 40 foot waterfall and you hike back like three miles and i mean and it is like three miles of uphill (laughs) and you get down then you go down these stairs this waterfall and you you're it's just like people are swimming yeah. Like, I mean, you literally hike on a, on a tiny trail three miles back and then they come, then comes these stairs that are literally straight down <laughs> and you like get down these stairs and it's a big pool and everyone has their dogs and people That's are swimming amazing. and there's a waterfall. And that, that right there is when we kind of, we kind of fell in love with, you know, that's the part of Virginia that we, that we enjoyed was, you know, yeah. the outdoors and, um, and all of that, you know, we're more, I would say we're definitely like city people, you know, we enjoy the big cities and, you know, living in Des Moines now, but, but yeah, you know, looking back and enjoying that, you know, that country and, and, you know, that's what got me to where I am today. Yeah, man. That's so cool. And I definitely want to hear like the complete story because I know there's a lot to it. Um, Knoxville raceway driver and all of that. Yeah. I'm super psyched for that. Um, but I have to say I, I was at, uh, Leadville at twin, twin lakes aid station or whatever i mean you could call it like twin lakes party station basically oh like, yeah it was oh yeah insane dude and uh our mutual connection here ryan esdor uh had texted me like i don't know i can't remember how this happened or my wife sent it to me or something but she's like do you do you know this guy matt and i'm like i don't but like i'll definitely look out for him and cheer him on and i remember you came in at mile 40 and we can get into the whole Leadville story in a bit, but you were yeah. looking strong, man. I was like, I was very impressed. I'm like, there's Ryan's friend. Like that's <laughs> that guy. <laughs> Dude. I, I, I had a, I had a hell of a front half, man. I mean, I had a great day. Like I had a great time at Leadville, but those first 11 hours, man, I was Superman and yeah. it was, <laughs> and I was just enjoying it. Like, I mean, you know, that's what I told my wife when I took off is I said, I'm just, I'm blessed to be here. Um, I got into Leadville, like we'll get into that story. I got into Leadville on a 30 day notice and yeah. you know, I was just blessed to be there. I was looking at the mountains. I was enjoying 
the endurance community, man, it was, it's just a family. And, and I was grateful that day. I was just, I was so grateful. Yeah. Yeah. I Okay. So that's crazy to me though. Cause you just mentioned that you started really trail running in like 2018, 2019, and then 2021. Oh, shit. <laughs> 2021. And then all of a sudden you're doing the Leadville 100. Like, how did that get on your radar? And like, yeah, what was you like, know, I'm definitely doing this thing. I'm uh, and this is, you know, this is a story I, I'm sure I'm going to tell more as, you know, I start doing these races and stuff, but, um, I'm actually, I'm brand new to this. Uh, I didn't start running until 2020 and I wasn't a runner in high school. Um, I wasn't an athlete in high school. Like, like you already mentioned, um, I raced, uh, dirt cars. Yeah. Um, they're, they're called sprint cars for anyone out there that doesn't know. Uh, I raced those. So I didn't have time for football in the summer. Um, I played basketball, but I wasn't good. I, I actually golfed. I go, I went out for golf just so I didn't have to go out for track <laughs> because it was such a small school that like, if you didn't go out for a sport, you know, you're like a loser and blah, da, 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 da. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to pick golf. And then like, they won't hound me about, I'm like, guys, I got to play golf. Like, sorry, man. Like I gotta, I gotta play golf. Um, but yeah, yeah, I just uh, I just started running in in 2020. That's insane, man. That's that's crazy. Well, so I kind of had a format for this sort of. So stick with me. Uh, yep. I picked four words out. Four words. I did. I've done this a couple of times with a few guests, and you feel free to tell your story however you see fit. Like, and explain kind of like your thought process when you just hear these certain words i guess if that makes sense um and the first one like after looking at your instagram reading up about you is just this idea of of warrior i want to hear your idea about that because you wrote this beautiful post uh about the warrior mindset and i'll just yeah. read what you wrote you said it's more than aggressiveness and determination it's about overcoming challenges and adversity possessing and understanding and utilizing a set of psychological and physical skills that allow someone to be effective, adaptive, and persistent. And I think there's a lot in there. Like the word adaptive, I think is huge, especially when you're doing these endurance things, uh, but also in life, like you have to be able to adjust based on the situation. But I do, I just want to hear your kind of thoughts on that. Yeah. You know, the, the, the warrior mindset, like just that, you know, that those two words, warrior mindset, kind of came to me um, from a friend of mine. Uh, his name's Bobby Daughtry. Um, he actually is a co-owner of Axe and Sledge Supplement Company, um, based out of uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And him and I, we became really good friends uh, through Ironman. And we just got to, you know, we would talk about, you know, when you do Ironman training and you're on the bike and you're pushing, you know, these heavy, heavy watts. And just getting to the point where you're either going to throw up or you feel like your legs are going to break in half, you know, there's something there that you either can grab or you can't. And, you know, that's what makes the difference between endurance athletes and people that aren't endurance athletes. It's like, you know, do you have, I believe everyone has the capability to grab that, but are you ready to grab it? Yeah. And that's kind of where him and I were talking about, you know, you have to have that that warrior, you know, that warrior mindset, that warrior mentality of, you know, being able to harness that aggression and use it. And also, but also being able to say, you know, my body's not done. My body's not close to being done, you know, and you have to bring that mindset of, you know, if you think of a warrior, you think of someone, you know, going to battle someone, you know, just doing something absolutely insane. They're a warrior. They're a, a, a killer. They're a, you know, hunter. And you kind of, I, I feel like you kind of have to use that same mentality of, you know, when I was going into Leadville, I, I, I told my wife, I said, I said, no matter what, I am not leaving that course unless something is, is completely snapped on my body. Yeah. I, you know, no matter what. Yeah. And, and yeah, you know, it's just, like, like you said, you know, it's just, it's, it's yeah. The, you know, the aggressiveness, the determination, overcoming all of those challenges and, you know, yeah. Being able to utilize this set of psychological and physical skills to be effective, 
adapt to your circumstances and be persistent enough to get it done. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the whole, I mean, there's so many just, I just love the words in there, like persistence and things like that. Like, I think when people, I, th I love that you just said it's more than aggressiveness because it really is like, you can't just fully rely on that, especially as no. an athlete, you can't just yeah. rely on being aggressive because you're eventually going to burn out, but you have right. this yeah, persistence and, also. That's really smart. Yep. Yeah. And, and just, you know, thinking of that today, uh, Cameron Haynes, obviously uh, I was listening to his audio book today um, at work uh, in Dewar. And he was talking about Michael Chandler, who's a good friend of his, who, if you guys don't know who Michael Chandler is, he's in the, you know, he's in the UFC and, um, you know, just kind of became a pretty big name. And that's, and Cameron Haynes was talking about that too, is, you know, if you have an aggressive fighter, he's done. You know, if you, you know, you have to, if you go out and you're going to go 150% right off the bat, you're done. And, yeah. and you're going to, you're going to, you're going to be broken. You're going to fail. You know, your body's going to fall apart. You know, it's not about aggressiveness. You know, you need that persistence. You need the ability to adapt to the circumstances around you. Just relating, you know, yes, UFC, but I, I just was thinking that, you know, Cameron Haynes used that today and, and endurance is endurance, whether it's in an octagon or on a track, on a trail, on a road, on a bike, swimming Ironman, you know, you have to have that ability, you know, to be aggressive, but still be able to harness that. Yeah. And and you know bring it in yeah no that's awesome um all right so the next one i have the next word this one i'm really interested in especially as your your uh previous like passion as a as a raceway driver but it's just the idea of speed like i'm curious to see like how is your thoughts on this change going from being a speedway driver to to running a hundred miler or taking on a hundred miler yeah yeah so um, you know, I started racing, um, on a, on a dirt track when I was, um, my first race, I think I was 13 and, um, then I took a break and my next race was when I, I think I was 15 and right off the bat, we were very, very successful. Um, and then, you know, that allowed me to move up to sprint car racing, which is, you know, covered on FS1 and, you know, now you can see it on ESPN and yeah. um, just kind of, you know, for anyone that doesn't know, just kind of like, uh, you know, it's like high school, college and NFL football, you know, NASCAR would be NFL, your world of outlaws would be kind of, you know, your college level. And I was kind of a mix in between a high school and college level for a professional racer. So um, I, I, I was at that level for about two years and then we got moved out to Virginia on military orders and I had to give it up. And that was my first time never racing on Friday or Saturday nights since I was, you know, in almost 11 years. Um, so I, I, I adrenaline wise, right. <laughs> I was empty and I, I, I felt not, you know, it, it sucked. You know, I, I felt like I, I was just cooped up, you know, I wasn't going to be, you know, you got to dump that adrenaline. Yeah. And, you know, I had ran a couple times, um, in 2020, um, but 2021, once we got to Virginia, man, like I just started hitting, I would notice, you know, the more miles I did, the more I would get into like kind of that pain cave that every endurance athlete knows. And that kind of mimicked, you know, the feeling that you would get you know, when you fire off your engine and, you know, go out onto the track and, you know, you're going 130 miles an hour around the corner. So, um, yeah, you know, so I tell my wife, you know, I, I, I joke with her and I say it was either sprint car racing, running or hard drugs. So good thing that I picked, you know, the, the two better of the evils. <laughs> yeah, man, for sure. I want to know, I don't know anything about sprint car racing but I'm fascinated that you did that. And I want to know, um, what is it like, I guess since you started so young, maybe you don't have this memory, but what was it like that first time you lined up at the start line? So that would be, I'll say like at Knoxville raceway, like I'll, I'll answer that question. My first time at Knoxville raceway, because Knoxville raceway in the sprint car racing community is the Daytona 500 of like it is the Daytona 500 of sprint car racing. So, you know, getting to that start line and lining up for the first time is like, 
lining up for the first time is the scariest. I mean, your heart is beating, like you can feel your heart beating in your neck. You can feel your heart beating in the chest, in your wrist, anywhere that you can feel a pulse, you can physically feel your heart beating. Yeah. And, you know, it's, uh, it's terrifying. You know, it's, uh, yeah, if you're not, if you, a buddy and I, one of my buddies is, uh, has raced all across the country. And we used to talk and say, you know, if you get, if you get in a car and you're not scared, you need to shut it off and get out. No matter what, it doesn't matter how long you've done it. Yeah. But as soon as you flip that switch and the engine fires and you take off, you know, it's, it's all gone. It kind of just disappears. Same thing as a race, right? Like you, there are very, you know, it's very, very similar. I mean, you know, you're standing at a start line of the Leadville 100 or, you know, my Boston marathon qualifier, or it doesn't even matter what it was. You're standing at the start line, you know, you look at your watch, your heart rate's 155 and you're like, you know, <laughs> trying to calm yourself down. Yeah. It's the same thing. And then as soon as you take off, you instantly go into the mode of like, I know what I'm doing. I know how to do this. You know, I know how to manage it. Yeah. It's kind of like, I mean, I've had the experience where the build up to an event, it takes up so much real estate in your brain, really, that by the time it actually, you start, you just get into the zone like right almost instantaneously because you're like good i don't have to worry about this anymore i'm like finally doing this yes yeah yeah, that was that was me leading up to ironman des moines in june i spent 20 weeks in a training block and (laughs) hired hired a coach and and yeah man you then you get up to it and it's like wham and then it's over yeah and it's like it's like what just happened and what do i do with my life now yeah. Yeah. That's Definitely. crazy. That's crazy. Well, so when you're, uh, at your first Knoxville event, um, and you talk to like more experienced drivers, like what's that community? Like, are they, are other drivers like trying to get in your head? Are they supportive trying to give you like, not like tips and stuff? Yeah. yeah so there's, so, uh, at Knoxville Raceway, you know, kind of, uh, um, as anywhere else, like there's different classes, right? Yeah. So you have a 305 class, which is a, you know, 305 CC. Um, then you have a 360 and then you have a 410. So you're looking at, you know, the bigger, the number, the bigger, the motor, the faster, the car, um, you know, so you're looking at like 600 horse, 800 horse, 950 plus horse in these motors. So, you know, just, just saying that, you know, so everyone's not against everyone, right? You know, so like, I, you know, there's guys. Yeah. So, um, the community is, is phenomenal. You know, I just, just kind of like the, you know, the racing community when it comes to, you know, our endurance sports, um, you know, you hit the wall and you throw a flat tire, you pull into the work area and you're going to see seven different people all from different teams coming to try to help you. Some guy might even be carrying his right rear tire to just give you, to get you back (laughs) onto the track. So yeah, the community is great and which I really enjoy now transitioning into endurance sports because I feel the same way with the endurance community, um, especially post Leadville. Leadville really opened my eyes to that, but, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a big family. Um, if you are, if you are in and you're in their family, you know, kind of like your older brother picking on you, you might have those, you know, those older brothers picking on you, but if someone else does it, <laughs> then, then we're going to have a problem. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Like that. Yeah, how long are the races? Like, how long are you in the car going? Uh, so you have like you have your hot laps, and um, you know those are going to be uh, around five laps on the track. You're just looking at anywhere from like a 16 to an 18 second lap, so not a long time. And then your heat race uh, is like five to eight laps, um, and you know that's and then that there's a point system, long story short, your point system then lines you up for the feature race, you know, so everyone hot laps gets their car warmed up, you know, gets a feeling of it. And then you do your heat race. Um, you know, so if you qualified first, you might start like sixth cause they do an invert. Yeah. So you start six. And then if you win that heat race from sixth, then you're high man in points. And then you'll start on the front row of the feature and unless the invert hit, it, it's all a weird system, but, um, yeah, you're usually on a track about three times. Um, you're looking at a 20 lap feature. So, you know, if it goes green to green, um, you're looking at minutes, yeah. um, you know, and you're looking at preparation for an entire week for maybe a total of like 20 minutes driving. That's insane, dude. Okay. So I want to know like the physicality of it, you know, because 
I think people who probably are have never experienced this before would maybe be surprised with how physical of a sport that actually is. Yeah, it's very, it's very different. Um, you know, like, uh, it's my, I, I personally, I feel like it, it, it has more to do with your breathing. Yeah. Um, you know, yes, you know, these don't, they don't have power steering, you know, and, and you're in a, a full size car, you're going a hundred and some miles an hour, you're on dirt where it could be slick. It could be tacky. You know, you could have to steer harder or less. Um, you know, so yeah, there is definitely, you know, it, you have, you have to be athletic to be in there. But you also don't have to be as if you can control your breathing and control your body and just kind of get that Zen of like, you know, staying calm. Um, it can be very easy. I struggled a lot with my breathing. So here I was, you know, 2021, super fit, wasn't really into running yet, but still lifted weights and did, you know, was an athlete. Um, I would get in the car and I'd get out and I'd be like, <gasps> you know, like, like trying to breathe because I, I, I didn't know how to control my breathing. So yeah, you know, it's a different type of, of athletic ability that you need, you know, in order to kind of stay calm, stay collected mentally, physically, yeah. and, you know, just work on controlling your breathing. That's amazing, man. So along with that, as you've gone through these experiences, what would you consider like, of? I guess my third word would be like victory, right? Like, what does a victory feel like to you? Um, is it something external or is it something internal or, or what's that like? Um, you know, I think that like with the word victory, I think that it, you know, depending on the situation, it can mean many different things. Um, when I went, uh, January of this year, uh, I qualified for the Boston marathon. I ran a 259. Dang. Um, my goal was to run sub three. I ran a 259.52. I made it by eight <laughs> seconds. Um, that was a victory, right? You know, because I went there to do that. Did I win the race? No, I got fourth. But to me, that was a victory. Um, I ran a half marathon in March and I won it outright. That's a typical victory, right? So, you know, I ran Leadville. I got cut off by the time frame of, you know, I didn't hit my last checkpoint in time. I made it 87 miles. I know that I could have finished that race. That was, you know, that Leadville is still a victory to me. I don't, I don't take that as a failure. So the word victory can mean so many different things to me personally. Um, you know, but I, I chalk it down as, you know, whatever you set your mind, you know, to do, as long as you accomplish that, it's a victory. Or if you learn something in the process yeah. about yourself. Yeah. What did, uh, what kind of lessons did you learn coming out of Leadville? You know, both as an athlete, but maybe also like just as a human being. Um, the, a, a big lesson I learned is, is, you know, I like the saying, you know, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Um, the biggest thing for me was as an endurance athlete, the amount of friends and family that really love you that you need to have, <laughs> Yeah. you know, and, um, you know, that's something I took out of Leadville is, is just so much appreciation for everyone that was there for me. Um, my little brother was there, his wife was there, my wife was there. And without these people that are, you know, people do it without crew, but without these people that are there for you, literally caring for you, taking your socks off, popping your blood blisters, you know, washing and bandaging your feet, you know, without these people, I don't, I couldn't even have made it as far as I did. Yeah. And, you know, so I think the biggest thing I took out of Leadville is the love and appreciation for those that support me, whether it be at Leadville on social media, you know, the amount of messages and, and, you know, I mean, it sucked right off the bat because I got cut at 87 miles and I'm like, man, you know, this, but the amount of messages that I got from people and, and, you know, huge, huge names of, of, you know, big endurance athletes in the community. Um, it was, it was great. It was, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. Well, I want to hear more about the Leadville experience. Like one, those mountains are no joke, huh? <laughs> like... Yeah, dude, those mountains are bad, man. It's bad. You can't even, if you haven't seen them, if you haven't been out there, if you haven't, I don't even care if you saw videos. No, no, man. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know what those are like. <laughs> Well, even like being there, 
looking up at Hope Pass, which is like the next spot from where I was. And I was just looking up at it and I was like, I can't comprehend what it would feel like to go up there with 40 miles already on my legs. And then not to only just do it once, but to go down tag, tag the halfway point and come back up. I'm like, dude, that is insanity. And the whole thing, just the altitude and the elevation is just, it's just a lot. It's a challenge for sure. Yeah, man. We, we went to twin lakes. I think it was Thursday before the race. Like we, I wanted to hit every checkpoint and I wanted to put eyes on just to see, Yeah, you know, went to twin lakes and we went in the gas station and now mind you. So I'm, I'm the person that like, I don't scout, you know, the trails. I don't, I don't look, you know, yeah, I look at the race map, but I don't physically go out there because I, I, I'll think about it and I'll think about it and I'll think about it. So I just, you know, I want to see it for the first time when I get out there, when it comes to the race course. And so I get in this gas station and, you know, it's Leadville, Colorado, you know, it's Twin Lakes, Colorado, and it's, you know how it is out there. And we're checking out this lady. She's like, are you here for the race? And I'm like, yeah. And I can't tell you, man, it's right out of a movie, like picture perfect (laughs) right behind her is like this big glass window. (laughs) And she's like, yeah, you're going to hate that. And she like points over her shoulder <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, what's that? And she's like, she's like, that's hope pass. And I'm like, the hell it is. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> like, that is not no lady. No, 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 it is not. That, yeah. that is not because I mean, hope's pass for those of you that haven't been out there, hope's pass is, I mean, a picture like, a, I mean, it is a mountain with a peak. It's a legit and mountain. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, like you are at the bottom. You're at a lake. You're at, you're at the lowest point of the race when you're standing in Twin Lakes, and you are staring up four miles of straight up. And and man, she killed me that day. Like she she just destroyed me. She's like, well, you're gonna you're gonna hate that. And points over her shoulder. I'm like, I don't know what the hell that is, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna hate it, but I'm leaving your store before you can tell me what it is. <laughs> No, man, that's, yeah, that is, it's, it's the, for me, like, I, I mean, I live out in Colorado right now. I'm in the Denver area. So not like up in the mountains, the altitude gets me no matter what, like, even if I'm just up there camping and it's 9,000 feet or Leadville's at 10,000 feet, like that is going to wipe me out just hanging out. And to think about running 100 miles up there is and to go out and witness it like going out and seeing you you guys come in and all the incredible athletes coming in was just it was really inspiring it was an inspiring thing uh what did it feel like to run with that community because you know i just felt like it was that was probably the best representation of the ultra community that i've been to when you look at just the amount of people and yeah the diversity that you would see as as everyone's coming in like it was really cool. yeah man it was it, i mean it was so cool like like i just i wanted you know we got out there wednesday i wanted i wanted to you know i'm brand new to it so i wanted to say hey com- like hey community this is me yeah so you know we were up we were up on the main street every day walking around you know just enjoying everything about it um ran into hella um and you know it was super cool to like meet him in person if you don't you guys don't know him uh he's the first african-american to run from california to new york yeah um super cool guy and it was his first 100 too right that was his first 100 yeah i guess i mean yeah his first 100 as he's already ran across the united states (laughs) yeah exactly i know (laughs) but but yeah 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 it was his first 100 and um that was super cool um, later on met Robbie Ballinger, who, if any of you guys don't know him, he just outran a Tesla, um, <laughs> on a single charge battery. It's like 240 miles. Yeah. And he then, did um, the Colorado crush last year, yeah, which yeah. I don't know if you watched the 30 minute short film on that, but it's yep. pretty awesome. Like you're yeah. just like, dude, how do I can't even comprehend yeah. this? <laughs> yeah. Met him and, um, Sally McRae yeah. who's known as the yellow runner. Um, actually, so she's, um, she's a BPN athlete, um, bear performance nutrition. Uh, I'm currently a bear, a BPN ambassador. Um, so we had known of each other 
but we went out there to went, went to a Coros meetup. So I wear a Coros watch. She's sponsored by Coros. And so we got a run in together. That's cool. Um, and so her and I ran together and then as crazy as it was, um, I lined up at the start line and I look over and she looks over at me and I'm like, holy shit, Sally, how are you? <laughs> here, here we go. And we actually ran like the first 14 miles together, um, which was absolutely terrifying for me because the only thing <laughs> that I kept saying in my head is this woman has ran four 100 mile races in the past five weeks <laughs> and I should not even be anywhere near you right now. <laughs> like, like maybe this is, maybe this is bad. Um, you know, but then, um, you know, talking with her and her husband after the race, um, you know, and I've talked with her husband on Instagram, uh, you know, about once a week since, so, you know, building, building those relationships with, you know, all these people that others see that are, you know, they're badass people, um, but they're completely normal human beings. And that's what I love about the endurance community is that, you know, there's not, no one's stuck up. No one's, you know, no one's, at least that I have seen yet, no one's better than someone else. Um, it's such a great community to, to become a part of your, you know, as I am becoming a part of it now. Yeah. It almost, it's cool that you can race with the like elite elites. Like you can line up at the start line and you can look to your left and look to your right. And you are seeing some of the like best, ultra athletes in the world and you're like we're gonna compete against each other somehow this is crazy but it also seems like everybody wants to help everyone else out which is so cool yeah yeah it's 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 great and that's a big thing you know is is being there in leadville you know i kind of came across this like questioning of like do i belong here you know, especially like running into all these people, you know, and we went to a, we went to a, uh, but yeah, man, the community there though, was like so unreal at twin lakes, but I got to imagine it's cool during the race. Cause you're seeing everyone come back through maybe high-fiving, maybe cheering. Yeah. Them on. Oh yeah. Like, that's super yeah. cool. Yeah. Dude, the best. And like, so it was great. Like coming into twin lakes and you know, you, you literally come down off of this tiny little like two foot wide trail and you come right down into the road. And the cool part is though, is that you're way up. Like you have about a mile descent of like, I don't know, a lot of feet. Like yeah. you are really coming down and you can hear the cowbells and you can hear people like, you know, from like, I could hear them. And I looked up and down at my watch and we were two miles away. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, Holy shit. You know, like, like these people are loud you get down there and people are drinking. They don't, they have their shirts off. They're um, playing a banjo, um, eating burgers. And like, it's a party. Like it is, it was, it was so great. And then going up over Hope's Pass and turning around was so cool too, because you see everybody, right? Yeah. So when I crested Hope's Pass, when I, when I got to the top of the mountain, which is about four miles from the halfway point is when I saw the the runner that was in first place coming back. So he was about eight miles ahead of me. Yeah. And then, you know, as I went down Hope's Pass and into Winfield, you know, people were, people were coming past me and, you know, there wasn't like, you know, maybe let's say that 30 people came past me. I'm going to say one, maybe two didn't say a word. Yeah. (laughs) But everyone else was like, you know, hot. Yeah. I mean, like we were high fighting on the trail as, as racers, like they're high, you know, good job. Keep going. You know, you're looking great. So then I turned around and, you know, then, you know, me experiencing that for the first time, I did that to everyone else. And that was actually more beneficial to me than I think it was to them because it gave me something like, you know, at that point, you know, I was kind of in the back of the lead pack, And so then I was really seeing everyone in the middle. So, I mean, I spent five miles just one after another, after another, after another. And I'm like, you look great. I love your shirt. Your shoes are awesome, man. You fell. That sucks. Like you're wearing a cowboy hat. That's so cool. You know, just trying to focus on anything, you know, just trying to make people smile and make myself laugh to kind of focus on the fact of, you know, wow, this is going to suck. I have four more miles of up and four more miles of down. 
until I can see my family again. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Well, and as a Midwesterner, you know how it is. You pass anybody, you have to yeah. you have to give them a little exactly. wave or, or say, exactly, hey, how's man. it going? That's the Midwest nice right there. I that wanted is... to ask everyone if they had like a bush light. I'm like, y'all got any beer up here or what? Just classic, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm from the cornfields. You guys, you guys got like a case of bush light up here? <laughs> Oh man. When I was out of Virginia or when I was in Virginia, uh, I hadn't gone back to Iowa for a while or whatever. And me yeah. and my dad fly out to, uh, the big 10 championship game that year. Iowa had like the Hawkeyes had like an awesome year. And as soon as we landed and got to our hotel and started walking to the football stadium, just so many, like 30 packs of Bush light just walking by and i was like this feels like home dad There's... yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh but yeah man dude that's crazy Push okay light so... and gas station pizza oh casey's man there you go gotta go with casey's uh so i want to ask this because i ended up having to leave so i didn't i saw the first couple of people coming back through twin lakes so coming back was that a different energy level like i just had a feeling if i hung out there longer I would have seen a lot more um, uh, people like yeah. of the struggle and the and the carnage yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And so like that. coming down that mountain, um, you know, you turn around at, I think it's like 50, 52, 54, you know, you hit the top of Hope's Pass again and then you yeah. come down. And coming down that mountain again is what actually ended up destroying my entire race because. I, I physically couldn't run down the mountain because my quads were like, my quads were so, you know, yeah. If you ever hit a heavy leg day, you ever hurt your quads, you ever get yeah. a Charlie horse. Like, you know, if any of you out there can picture what that pain feels like, it was my whole quad and I wasn't able to run down anymore. So, um, it took me, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to get up and over hopes pass in six. And I think it took me seven and a half to get back. Um, but yeah, you know, coming down, you're so tired and the altitude, like I, you know, I was talking with a friend and I'm like, I mean, seriously, man, people say that they come down that mountain and they're a whole different person like that. Hope's pass, hope's pass changes you. Like, 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 like hope's pass. If it doesn't put you in the worst hurt that you've ever been in, in your life going like for everyone out there, like, you go three up if I remember correctly, go three up, three down, turn around, three up, three down. And we're talking about 3000 feet, a thousand feet every mile. And, you know, so coming down and coming into twins to, to and back into twins, back into twin lakes. Um, you know, once I got down the mountain, you know, there was a massive field and crossing the water stream again. And it was so cold. And I just remember, like, I wanted nothing more than to get there. And you can, you can see, like, looking back at pictures of me coming into Twin Lakes, going outbound, um, you know, between pictures of me coming into Twin Lakes inbound, you know, you can just see it in the body. Like, you know, you can just see it on the body, how tired it is. And the face, my face was, you could see my face was actually swollen. Yeah. My legs were more swollen. Um you know, like going out, if you can kind of picture like, you know, your body looks more defined, like your muscles, you know, you can see your leg muscles coming, coming back into twin lakes. Like my face was, was bigger. My neck was bigger. My legs weren't really as muscular as they look. Cause the body was kind of starting to retain fluid. Yeah. And you know, that's the, that's, it's a test, man. And, and you do come in, you do come in very beat up. And there's a lot of documentaries on YouTube that people will say the same thing that, you know, you can't, you can't explain hopes past. You, you have to do it to really understand. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's up. Like if you guys can think about like the, the steepest flight of stairs that you've ever went up, picture that for three miles and doing that twice at mile 40 and 60. Yeah, or... mile, at mile 40 <laughs> yeah, and, that's yeah, insane. At mile 40 and 54. Yeah. Well, so you come back in, I mean, I have to imagine we just keep, we keep talking about how, what a beautiful place Twin Lakes is, but you have to go back out. So you have this hope of like, all I wanted to do was get to Twin Lakes and then you're yeah. there. And now you have to find that 
inner motivation to like head back out? Like, was that a challenge yeah. at all? Or is just you're in race mode? So um, good? Yeah, you know, so like I told myself right off the bat that, you know, my my race was was getting to Winfield and getting back to Twin Lakes. And, you know, because they, they say that the race really starts when you hit Twin Lakes outbound um, because of how hard Hope's Pass is. So I told myself, I'm like, if I get, you know, I got to Winfield in 11 hours and I got back to Twin Lakes at 14 hours. Yeah. So I, in my head, I was like, I have 16 hours to do 40 miles. Yeah. And, you know, so, so I wasn't, no, there wasn't any type of me that was like, oh man, like I, you know, because there was no point of me at all that doubted because the oh shit moment came at like, mile 75 when I knew because you know we'll get there but there was no point at that you know at that point I knew that my legs were messed up but I had already told my wife and my mom and told everybody like we're we're going like we're yeah. this isn't a you know this isn't a question and so you know I knew at that point I could run a little bit um so taking off from twin lakes inbound um we would I would I had my hiking sticks and I would go 50. So every, every, so I go 50 steps, you know, so I take a hiking, I go one, two, three, four, five with my hiking sticks, 50. And then I would walk for as long as I needed. And that actually only lasted for about three, three miles. Yeah. And then it, it turned into a full on walk. So it was pretty much just, I don't remember a lot at that point, it got dark and I really got into that headspace of like, I just had a job to do and it started raining and um, I was cold and it was, it was really just, you know, I was kept looking at my watch and, you know, it would say, you know, eight miles to the next aid station. So I just really took it, you know, anywhere from six to, to eight miles at a time to try to get that next, that next aid station and just trying to stride out as much as I could, you know, to get that extra step because I knew I couldn't run anymore. Yeah. What, what happened at mile 75? You mentioned that was the real moment of like, yeah. uh-oh. Yeah. So mile 70 around 75, sorry, the miles might be off a little bit, but I'm going to say around mile 75, um, we hit, it's called power line. And what it is, is it's a, um, I'm going to call it a mile, a mile of straight. It's a, it's a, it's a road, it's a dirt road, but it is straight down. And so I got them outward bound and I didn't even realize like at that point it's about 3 a.m. and I'm getting my second life, you know, like I'm, I, yeah. I had a red bull, like I'm getting that second life. And then everything started to get more, you know, more clarity. And I looked at my pacer, Izzy, and I go, Oh shit. And she's like, what? And I go, we are like, we're going back the same way. And she's like, yeah, I'm like, we have to go up power line. And, and I knew like my legs, like I didn't have legs left. Like I was, I mean, it was pure will. Yeah. And I, and, and hiking sticks. So <laughs> we got to power line and power line. The one section is, is a mile, but it's actually about three miles of a total climb. And those three miles took me about two and a half hours. Wow. Um, my legs at that point, my knees stiffened up and I, I, I could barely bend my knees. So what I was doing is I was leaning forward and I was using my, my hiking sticks to, kind of as a crutch. So I would plant them and I would, I was crutching myself up. Um, and I, I, I knew about halfway up, um, that it, it, it wasn't going to end the way I wanted it to. Um, so at that point it was, it was just getting, you know, I knew I had to get back to May queen, yeah. um, which was going to be at mile 87. And I knew that they were going to cut me, but at that point, um, you know, I, I looked at my watch, um, and we had about, we had about 20 minutes and we got to a point to where we had two miles. I'm like two miles and 20 minutes. Like, you know, that's 10 minutes a mile. We can do it. And I get to a point and I had forgot about this again. You know, it's, it's a long day. Yeah. Um, that last two miles was two miles down into May Queen. And I, I, I couldn't go down. Yeah. I couldn't go up either, I guess, but you know, yeah. Um, and so once that we hit those two miles down, you know, it was, it was pretty much like limping, you know, like, like Izzy would have to stop and she, I'd have to like put my hand on her shoulder just to take a step down off of a rock. Wow. Um, 
so yeah, that from, from the bottom of power line said mile 70, mile 78 to 87. Um, yeah, it took about five hours. It so yeah, so that's definitely, I have to imagine there's some crazy stuff going through your head at that point, just due to the pain. Is that the most significant part to the race for you? Like, is that where you're going to take away the most lessons or was that something you'd prefer to forget? You know, um, I think that the biggest lesson actually came, came around 2 AM and it was raining. I was cold. I remember this very vividly, um, in my head and, you know, I, you know, we weren't going to quit. Like that wasn't an option, but in my head, I started formulating a plan on how I was going to make something up to my wife, like make up a story about why I had to quit. Yeah. And, and it was literally my mind, like it was just my mind saying, Hey, like, I don't want to be here anymore. Like, I don't remember what it was, but I was ready to like formulate a story on like, Hey, like I'm hurt or, you know, to, and to make her say, Oh, okay. Like, yeah, you shouldn't go. And I think the biggest thing to take away from that is like, that was the darkest place I'd ever been in my entire like endurance career. If you want to say, you know, and it's not very deep into it, but <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it was being able to say no and to, and that was at mile 70, 68 to 70, 1 AM, you know, when you're tired, and uh, later on, I actually fell asleep standing up and face planted into the dirt. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, you know, it's the ability to, to tell yourself like, you know, this may hurt, but, but we're like, we got a job to do. We have something, you know, we're going to go. And, you know, as soon as you can make friends with that voice and say, hey, you know, I, may, I call the shots because that voice is going to come. Yeah. No matter what, if you're doing, if you're doing something like this, that voice is going to come and you need to know you need to know who's in charge. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my biggest thing is, is, you know, next time, cause now I know that's my biggest thing about Leadville is that's my victory is, is I now know what I'm capable of. I now know what I can do. I now know that I can tell that voice that, you know, I don't care about the pain. We're going to go. Yeah. And that just makes me feel, it makes me feel almost limitless. Yeah. You know, like it just, it makes me feel like I can do anything. And, and I, I think that I'm going to look back on Leadville and it's going to be a huge turning point for my life as an endurance athlete is, you know, um, Adam Clink from BPN ran Leadville. And I don't know if you know, Rasta runner, can't remember his name. Um, but there was a quote from him that he texted to Adam right after the race. Adam didn't finish either. Uh, he texted Adam and he said, you not finishing Adam and I both we both got cut at May Queen. Um, and he texted Adam and said, you not finishing this race is going to have a bigger impact on your life than if you did. Yeah. And he texted that to Adam and, and Adam had, you know, told us about that. And that hit me, you know, I think that me not finishing Leadville is going to have more of a positive impact on my endurance career than if I would have finished it outright the first time. Yeah. No, man, I'm a huge believer in the idea of like, and I try to teach my students this. I don't know how well a seventh grader can comprehend, but, uh, but like fail, right? The word fail just means first attempt in learning, right? Yep. And the real failure is if you leave not actually learning any lessons. Yes. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's what, and, and, and I actually posted on Instagram about that the other day. You know, can you, can you really even fail as long as you take something away? You know, failure yeah. is something that we make up in our minds as human beings. Yeah. You know, but, but if you're able to grab something from the situation and change it next time, did you fail? Yeah. You know, that, that, that's the way that I look at it because I don't, I don't, you know, did I finish Leadville? No, I didn't. But do I think I failed? Absolutely not. I learned more about myself in those 87 miles yeah. and more about my family and my brother and, and my wife than, than I could have ever. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like we all just became closer. That's a, you know, that's not a fail. Learning about myself is not a fail. Understanding what my potential could be. That's not a fail. You know, like I did 87 miles. My, my previous highest mileage before Leadville was Leadville was in August. 
in July, I ran 40 miles. Yeah. So I did 47, (laughs) I did 47 more miles with zero training. Like I was just running for fun. Yeah. You know, can I do 240 if I train for it? You know, can I do Moab? Can I, can I do bad water? Can I, you know, can I do an Ultraman? Um, yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. I love the idea of feeling like limitless based off of this experience is so like, that's super inspiring and, and so cool. I, I am curious, like, are you kind of just open to wherever the endurance, this endurance path leads you, or do you have certain plans or anything you're like, you're striving towards? And also you're what, like two or three weeks removed? Like how's recovery going? Yeah. Um, plan wise is, I, I struggle with that because I'm very like <laughs> two days after Leadville, I was running yeah. <laughs> and I shouldn't have been. Um, we'll get into that recovery process because I really actually hurt myself. Um, but, uh, you know, I struggle, uh, the 17th, I want to do a, there's a last man standing. It's four miles every hour. Where's that at? Every hour. That's here in Iowa. Broken anvil. Yes. Yeah, man. I just interviewed Nick like last week. I'm going to put that episode out next week. He's awesome. Yeah. I, that guy's a super cool dude. I didn't know you're doing that. That's so cool. Okay. Yeah. 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 And, and Taylor Ross won it last year yeah. with 75 miles and I messaged him and I'm like, dude, if you won that with 75, I was like, I'm, I'm yanking that from you. Like that's mine. <laughs> and so, yeah, you know, I was thinking about that's next. Uh, I'm going to go down to Texas. I'm going to run Rocky raccoon 100. Um, in February. And then I'm going to do Leadville again next year. My goal for Leadville next year, my first goal is to go sub 24. My second goal is to go sub 22. That's amazing. Um, you know, so I'm going to, I'm going to start training. I'm going to start training for a hundred miles. Yeah. Um, 2024, I want to do Moab 240. Um, I want to stick with this. I love this. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, I really do believe very humbly that I, I can be a name in this sport and, um, you know, I just gotta, I just gotta dial in my training and, you know, humble myself when it comes to not running three days after Leadville. Um, so, you know, I, uh, you know, yeah, so that's my, that's my plan. Um, going into the recovery aspect of it. Uh, I ran a couple of days after Leadville ran two miles and I ran two miles the next day. And then I ran five and on that five miler about a mile, about two and a half miles in when I did a two and a half mile out and back, I started feeling this pain in my foot and it went away for about two or three days. Um, then I took it easy for about another three days. So about, about, been about six days. And then I went out and I ran 10 Yeah. and my foot felt good until like mile eight and I was two Ooh. miles from the house and I had to like limp it in. And I think I, I think I damaged my foot up pretty good. So taking a couple days off, um, been on the bike. I do a lot of biking, um, you know, for my cross training. And yeah, you know, I need to, I need to be better about that's, that's my toxic trait is I need to be better about taking care of myself and, and, you know, following advices of my coaches and, um, you know, maybe post-race not having, you know, so many beers for days afterwards. (laughs) I I think, I think you earned those. That's just, uh, that's my opinion, but dude, thank you so much for coming on, man. I'd love to have you back on the podcast at some point. Um, and I want to wish you the best of luck at the broken anvil ultras. That's so cool that you you're going out. Yeah. 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 No, I'm in, um, I'm a hundred percent in, I'm going down there as long as my foot, as long as my foot is, uh, you know, I'm, I haven't registered yet. I'm, I mean, I'm going to do it if I can. Yeah. I haven't registered yet because I'm going to wait till about Wednesday. See how um, the race is on. Yeah. The race is next Saturday. So I'm going to wait till Wednesday, really kind of bring it back because the last thing I want to do is go out there and because I know that I would go out there and I would, I would demolish my foot because I'm <laughs> like, I'm not like, I don't care. Um, and then, you know, hinder myself from, you know, yeah, starting, you up my, yeah. starting up my training. So hopefully I do it. I'm, <laughs> I'm very hopeful, you know, maybe I'm going to ice this foot and it's just, uh, you know, some, I think it's muscle inflammation and, yeah. and some tendon issues. Cause it, it's really sore when, you know, with the bending of the toes and then the impact on the ground. So yeah, hopefully we're good. Um, you know, Sweet, man. If, if we are, man, I'm going out there and I'm, I'm, 
I ain't quitting. So, <laughs> so they better they, they better be ready for a day. Oh, that's amazing. That's awesome. Well, Matt, where can people kind of follow along with your journey? Uh, you know, as you go about this. Yeah, um, I'm on Instagram. Uh, my at my handle is uh, at Matt Johnson with two underscores at the end. Um, I do all of my posting uh, on Instagram, you know, as a uh, you know representation of uh, Bear Performance Nutrition. Um, so we put all of our stuff on there. You can see all of their products. Um, you know, I got a Facebook. I guess if you guys want to want to see all my family stuff, <laughs> you can find me on Facebook, uh, TikTok. Uh, yeah, so I'm on I'm on all of it. I don't post on all of it a lot. I'm very religious on Instagram, and uh, yeah, find me there. Sweet man, sweet. Well, thanks, thanks again, man. We'll we'll catch up with you at some point. Sounds great, man. I really appreciate you. Thanks for having me on, and it's been a it's been a good time talking to you. Yeah. All right, ladies and gents, that wraps up this week's episode of the Like a Bigfoot podcast. Uh, really appreciate all of you guys tuning in. Hope you enjoyed Matt's story. Um, if you haven't heard last week's episode, uh, really enjoyed it. Um, I would suggest that if you're a new listener to Like a Bigfoot podcast, uh, that would be a great place to start. It was it was really great. And I'm just so honored to be able to sit down and talk with these amazing human beings uh, who inspire me. And my wife always laughs like after every episode, like I, after we record, I'll like run upstairs and like, that was, that was amazing. You should have heard what they said about suffering and why it's good or whatever, whatever topics we're talking about. <laughs> you should have heard what they said about blisters and how it changed their lives. Um, that's my impression of myself, apparently. Yes, it is. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry. It's been a long Wednesday. Um, came down to record the podcast and I saw my, well, my kids were upstairs. I'm like, they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to go downstairs and record the podcast. And my six-year-old goes, the potty cast. And I was like, oh boy, that's a, that's a tough way to start. But that's a, that's dad mode for you, you know? Sometimes that happens. Um, I do have exciting news, though. Uh, we are about two weeks out. We're going to um, show all the racers at the Deseret Stage Race our film that we made. Uh, it's a project we've been working on for nearly two years now. Uh, is hands down the most I've ever, the hardest and probably most I've ever worked on a some sort of project. Like outside of, you know, like, my kids and my relationships and stuff like that. <laughs> um, but I'm really proud of it. I really, really am. I'm so excited to show the racers. Uh, can't wait to like tell their stories on screen. And to me, it kind of feels like it's almost in a weird way, like an, ex an extension of this podcast, you know, instead of hearing these stories, you actually get to visualize them. You get to see the places you, and I'm hoping it like draws you in more um, to what that experience is like. Uh, I'm bringing all this up right now. We're still going to just show, it's going to be a private screening for the runners uh, because we are applying to a whole bunch of film festivals, uh, hoping uh, we'll get into some of those. Uh, and if we do, I'll always bring it up on the podcast. We've, we've applied all around the country. Um, and so if we get into any, I'll always let you all know the dates and, and stuff. So if it's in an area by you, uh, you can go see it. Um, I am though today after I'm done with this, I'm going to go post our trailer, um, mostly just to make my friend Phil Pinty very excited. <laughs> uh, Phil did the race. Um, but no, I'm I'm gonna post the trailer today. I want the runners to see it before they they come out and and see it uh, when we show it in a couple weeks. Um, I just want to get them all excited. Uh, but I am gonna post the trailer. I'll make sure to share that on all our social media. Um, the movie's called A Long Way from Nowhere, and I, I'm sure I'll talk about it in the future. So I don't want to like overdo the discussion of it. Only to say, and this might <laughs> this might totally be overdone. Uh, discussion of it but only to say that 
I am so proud of it. It is exactly what I visualized when we started this project. And it feels like my heart and soul has gone into it um, because that race meant so much to me as a human being uh, and an athlete who competed in it. Um, and to get to capture those big ideas of, of how it's life-changing um, and what I found through it. But, but getting to capture all that through other people's stories because I know now it's like a universal thing that all of these people who are running this stage race kind of go through. Um, it was amazing. It was really amazing. It's still an amazing experience. I'm so excited for people to actually start seeing this. I've watched the movie about 450 times at this point. It feels like along with being there and filming and <laughs> interviewing and, and all that. So it's, a uh, it's been really weird. I, I, you know, it's funny, like this is the final edit that we have now, but I'm also, you know, uh, when you, when you're a person who helped make the film, you don't really get to like see the final version for the first time. I heard someone say that they're like, you're the one person who doesn't get to see it for the first time. Cause you were there through like every iteration. Um, and so that's why I'm like, just going to be fascinated. Like while these people are watching it, like I'm just going to be like looking at them and seeing um, how it's affecting them and things like that. So uh, super excited to share it. Feel free to like share it if you want with people. Uh, if you're excited about it, I think uh, we're hoping that it really speaks to not only the ultra running community, but just human beings in general, uh, when we, when we put it out. So, uh, we'll keep you posted on all that fun stuff though. But, uh, huge thanks to Matt Johnson for coming on the show. Uh, he's an awesome dude, hoping to catch up with him in the future after, um, some of these big challenges that he's very excited and enthused by. So, uh, yeah, we'll get back at him then and everybody else. We will talk to all of you all next week.